You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Apollo with John Crane for our midweek podcast. It's a little bit of a different podcast for us because instead of a series starting on a Monday, it's starting on a Tuesday, so we can't do a full series of you. Look over a couple games. And also, the draft is over the long draft. 40 rounds of a draft. This draft, unlike any other that I've ever seen, it's not like the NFL's draft where it's so cut and dry as seven rounds and and trades and so on and so forth is a much different kind of draft. 40 players taken today by the Angels. Not today, but in the last three days, sorry. And what a crazy way to get off the podcast. 40 picks in three days for the Angels, and 28 of them were pitchers. Think the Angels aren't looking at pitching? 28 pitchers. John, how you doing, man? Woo woo! We having a draft party apparently. Um, a lot of a lot of meltdowns on Twitter about the the Angels' lack of pitching in their first two picks, and then I don't know if they responded or that was their plan. Then they just went they went pitching nuts. I am so looking forward to hearing Jared Timms put some some info behind these names with a P after their position. Jeez. Well, we did have Jared on the show. He'll be on a little bit later. He'll discuss the first 10 picks of the draft. And we will have Carlos Colazzo from Baseball America on next week, hopefully next week. He's busy for obvious reasons uh, to go through the rest of the draft with us as well. Uh, So there you go. Folks, before we actually get knee-deep in this podcast, I do want to let you know that we, while we're just getting started, we do need subscribers so please head over itunes or wherever you listen to podcasts subscribe and get yourself locked in to making sure we're delivered to your cell phone or whatever listening device you have the moment our podcast is released we'd also really appreciate a five-star review up on itunes to help us move up the charts if you want to earn it great we would love some feedback email us at talking gmail.com and give us that feedback we really appreciate it if you are a new listener and join the show please do us a favor Please text a fellow Angels family to know about our podcast. So it would mean the world to us. All right. So I'm getting this kicked off here before we get to the Jerry Tim's interview. The Cubs game one. The Angels lose that game. Eight. Cubs game one. I mean game one of the week. Sorry. The Cubs beat the Angels eight to one. The Angels get blown out in this game. It was kind of a dead feeling game. Like this team was tired. They played like it. John, did you get a chance to watch the game? You're referring to... Yeah, the game uh, the today. Monday makeup game. The Monday, the Monday makeup, makeup game. game. No, I didn't get to watch it. I was at work. It was in the afternoon. Oh, that's right. <laughs> because, because you have a job during the summer. 
Yeah, you know, and I, I get to go to I get to my games usually end at 10 o'clock at night, not one o'clock in the morning, as some of my fellow fans have to deal with, as they remind me when I complain about missing a day game. Well, here's the real problem with this game eight to one. Cam Bedrosian opened the game, did well, two two strikeouts. Trevor Cahill came in there as the quote unquote starter. He pitches well, actually, for the first two innings. The, of the fourth inning gets a little bit of trouble, gets out of it. Fifth inning, he's fine. And then in the sixth inning, the Angels get tagged for five runs. Before you know it, it's 6 nothing. This game is in, in deep, deep trouble. Meanwhile, John Lester, World Series winner, mm-hmm. which is seven innings, four hits, one run, six strikeouts. Unbelievable performance on his part. And all of a sudden here, the Angels lose this game 8-1. to one. Angels only get one. Oh, sorry. Angels only get four hits in this game, and that came from, well, I can I can tell you who got him. David Fletcher got one. Trout got one. Lestella got one. And 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 Trevor Cahill got, got one. It. There you go, stepping up to the plate. <laughs> but overall, this team goes four for twenty-eight in the game. They leave eleven people on base. Tough day. They wasted every opportunity they had, and this is what frustrates me about this team. The Angels. When they are on, they are on. They will score a ton of runs, but when they are off, they are seriously off. One runs, two runs will get shut out. There's never any middle ground with them. There's never a kind of like, hey, we'll pull off consistent four runs or three three runs. Not even consistently three runs. It is feast or fan with this offense, and it gets frustrating sometimes to watch. And that repeats in, in the Oakland game. 4-2 loss last night. And right now, by the way, as we're recording, and so we have to this now a 1-1 game, top of the second inning. Felix Pena's in there and argument a run. That's, that makes me sad. They have runners in second and third with two outs. So we'll have this out tonight, which means we'll be kind of going play-by-play. So the Angels lose the game 4-2. And the only two runs again in the bottom six inning was Shohei Otani, a 405-foot blast, a deep left center scoring Mike Trout. By the way, Mike Trout just before that had like a 14-pitch at bat fouling everything off left and right, and eventually it's hit and gets on base. Besides that, quiet night. So quiet. The Angels, for the second straight night, only get four hits. They go for so for two straight games, eight for 58. They leave 19 men on base in those two games. Brutal night at the plate. Brutal two nights at the plate, and it kind of screws over Griffin Canning. Griffin Canning looks solid again, has a couple rough innings, Six innings pitched, seven hits, four earned runs, eight strikeouts. Had a little bit of hard time with this fastball, and that's another thing to talk about. What were your thoughts on the game? Again, Canning's the Canning's the the highlight. Of course, Otani, but that that was the highlight. What he can't he what he struck out eight. He just walked one, um, and uh, and he also pitched over a hundred. He pitched hundred his career high hundred and two uh, hundred and two pitches. Um, I just, I found that as a, that was exciting. I, you know, the angels, again, our inconsistency, it's disappointing that we had to lose, but of course we lost to something we've referred to before hold the home run ball. That's what killed us. That's what killed his, his beautiful, his beautiful performance. All year. And it makes you really wonder what's going on with the angels that in that teams are picking up on their tendencies. What I'm talking about, if it's a two strike count, they, they know where Angels pitchers are going. And I'm wondering why on earth 
we are seeing these kind of problems with the Angels pitching staff. Why are they they not mixing things up? Why is it always a one certain fallback pitch these guys are going to? They're getting hammered by them. If we keep seeing that time and time again, the announcers are noticing, we're noticing, everybody's noticing. Two pitches up high, they go right down low. It's always how it is. That has to stop. That's why you're seeing these home runs. It's a lot easier to hit a home run if you know that ball's going. I agree. That back that was that's on the other side. But uh, there's Mark Langston in the game. Yes, uh, where Otani hit the home run. It was after Mike Trout worked that long count and ended up getting hit. Uh, Mark Langston said literally seconds before Otani hit it, he said, this is a perfect time. The pitcher's flustered. He's tired. He just got done. It's a perfect time to, to go for a first pitch. Uh, and uh, I don't think he went for the first pitch, but he did get a home run. He did. Get, he basically said this is a good time for Otani to get a home run because the pitcher's kind of flustered after that long. Uh, and sure enough, he called the shot. I think he took a swing the first. I think. It, I think. Don't quote me. I think he took a swing the first pitch and then nailed it. Then, but overall, baseball for being so data driven and so and so stat driven. How on earth are teams? Being able, how are the, how are the Angels allowing teams so easily just to kind of know what they're going on? If I have a complaint about the way this team's being managed right now, that's it. I'm not mad at Brad Ausis for any of the decisions he's made. I'm not mad about pitching decisions. I'm not mad about roster decisions except for, uh, except for Lucroy batting cleanup on the slump. That bothers me. But I'm going to complain about mixing your pitches. Mix up, get your get these teams off your tendencies and mix up your pitches. I, I agree. I, I I had the um the one thing about the out the Griffin Canyon outing that I, I think is of note is how I was reading that he became the fourth American League pitcher to in history to have five strikeouts in each of his first seven games. Still only has a three point five two ERA and struck out ten forty two and walked ten. Um, I, I like that kid. I'm looking for the bright side. I'm always looking for the bright side. I am. Uh, By the way, the the game right now, 4-1 to Angels are losing now to the A's after the the top of the second is now done. Um, Ugly, ugly top of the second inning. That was with the opener now out of the game, and Felix Pena gets up four runs in the inning. That's a bummer. Guess the open. This was a, and this was the first game uh, in American League history. I learned that on my way home. That's featured two openers. So apparently we've spread our opening our opener uh, fever over to Oakland side of the. Uh, well, it started t- with Tampa. Really, they started the trend, yeah. and then we picked it up. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. I'm 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 buying in on it, but. Bedrosian pitched fine. He did his job. Penning is hammered. Uh, we haven't seen the game yet, so we'll see. All right, folks. Well, that's all we got for the recap. It's been kind of a short week for us. And we'll go ahead and get Jared Timms over on the, on the line here. Check it out. Here's our interview with Jared Timms from Diamond Digest. All right, folks. We're here with Jared Timms from Diamond Digest. And we are going to discuss the top ten picks in the Angels draft. It was a busy, busy three days. The draft is over. First things first, I guess I want to ask you, what were your overall impressions of the draft, Jared? You know, I I really thought the Angels did a good job. You know, they went into the draft uh, looking to execute a plan, and, you know, they did just that. They went after some, uh, you know, high-athlete, high-ceiling guys. I mean, I know when you look at the first rounder, uh, it it might not be exactly what, you know, a fan favorite or a big name like that, but, you know, the Angels went in with a plan, and, 
you know, they executed it, uh, what they thought the best, the best of their ability was. And I thought they did, you know, a, a fantastic job with what they did, you know? So the first pick there was Will Wilson, 15th pick overall, the draft, North Carolina shortstop. Although I think he probably projects as second baseman. What's your profile on him? Yeah, no, same, same as you. You know, I think he, 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 you know, gets all the opportunities in the world to play shortstop because uh, that's where he's been playing. But at the end of the day, I think, uh, you know, I don't think he's quite quick enough to play that position. Um, you know, he'll be a really good second baseman down the road. Um, and a quick mover through the Angels system, too, might I add. I think, you know, we could see glimpses of him as early as 2021 and probably one of the quicker movers in the Angels system for sure. Why do you say that? I, you know, college guy going in the first round, um, you know, definitely has a more advanced approach to plate. Um, it'll actually be really interesting to see where the Angels put him, assuming they sign him. Um, I, I would assume they sign him. Um, after that, you know, if he goes straight to burlington or orem or uh, maybe even to high a i think high a might be a little little too high for him i think he probably finds his way to orem first and then maybe finishes the season off in uh burlington but you know he just has an advanced approach to the plate um he'll definitely you know uh, find maybe a little bit of hard times maybe making that switch over to second base though i mean he's a baseball player and he's an athlete and that won't be too bad i don't think just moving from shortstop to second base but you know, I I think he's he'll be a quick mover um, through the system. You know, all together. All right. For the second round, we have Kyron Paris from Freedom High School in California, also listed as a shortstop. Although I guess he'll probably remain a shortstop. High score, though. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, he's gonna be he's he's definitely gonna be actually an overslot. Where I didn't I don't think I mentioned it, but Will Wilson, I think, is gonna end up being a little bit of an underslot, and then we'll get to our third rounder after that. But you know, uh, I really liked Kyron Paris. Um, Somebody that, you know, I, I really didn't have a radar on him. I didn't think, you know, uh, he was going to go to the Angels um, at this spot. But, you know, he's young, um, definitely has some room to grow. I think, you know, if he puts a little bit of muscle on, which he will, um, I think, you know, he has a real chance of being a you know really good major league player someday. Um, definitely not as quick of a mover as uh, Will Wilson, the first rounder, but it, it's definitely going to be interesting, you know, to see his development and he's going to end up having to put on probably 30 pounds. Let's see if that, you know, he, he doesn't hit for too much power right now, more of a gaps to gaps hitter. And, you know, super quick, by the way, he's probably a 70 or 75 grade on the, um, on the speed scale and very good defender as well. But yeah, you know, it, it, I think they did a really good job here with that pitch, with that pick. Now, why didn't you expect the angels to take him? You know, I just, you look at guys, I, I, actually, I probably should have, and, you know, it, it's tough to say that just watching a couple of videos of him and such like that, but, um, but you know, he just kind of, I guess he probably just fell right under my under my radar. I didn't, you know, think too highly of him um, looking at it, but, you know, the Angels did, and I, I really, you know, after reading up a little bit on him and seeing everybody else's reviews, I, I really think the Angels got a gem here in the second round. So third round, you mentioned slotting. And what I'm seeing here is you can expect the Angels to have to find a little bit of money in the slotting to pay him. It's going to be over the pick value for that pick, which was the 92nd pick, was 637.6 thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to try and pronounce this man's name correctly. I got Jack it. Jack Kuchanowicz. Yep. It's actually Jack Kanowitz, I believe. Kanowitz. So yes. I spent the day trying to figure out how to pronounce this man's name. <laughs> okay. But you know a little bit of him. Tell, him, tell us about him. Yeah, you know, he's a 
big, big righty coming out of uh, Pennsylvania, 6'6", 200 pounds. And people are saying that he might grow a little bit more, meaning, you know, he's going to add a little bit of velocity. Uh, right now, he sits 89 to 93, can touch 95 at times. And, you know, thinking that he could gain a little bit of velocity at standing 6'6 six, six on the mound. Um, definitely a guy that I hope the Angels can, you know, uh, overslot and, you know, give him a little bit more money so he, you know, eventually becomes an Angel. Um, but yeah, you know, a super smooth and easy delivery, um, which, you know, hopefully that helps the injury side. You know, he's not violent or anything coming to the plate. Um, he spins a good curveball. Uh, he's seen good flashes, of, you know, flashes of a really good curveball. And, uh, he, you know, he has a changeup that he hasn't used too much at the high school level just because, you know, in high school you don't throw 93 and 95 in that area. You don't need a, you know, a great changeup. So that's definitely something he's going to have to work on. But, you know, he definitely has the... The, you know the make of being a really good probably two or three starter down the road if everything develops well and you know six six two hundred plays really well so so with jack here i guess what i really want to know is about slotting and he's he's committed to go to virginia so you have the breakfast commitment um, where do you see the angels being trying to convince him to sign how does slotting work and yeah you know with canowitz it's 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 going to be tough uh like you said he's committed to um, to play college and it's going to be a tough sign and they're going to definitely have to go over. I'm not great with the money side of it, but I would guess they're going to have to go over a hundred thousand, maybe $200,000, which, you know, doesn't sound like much. Um, and it's definitely something that you look at the picks down the line. That's something that they're going to be saving. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely a tough sign and it's one of those guys where it's almost a 50, 50 coin flip on whether or not they get them. Um, but yeah, money wise, it's it, it is very tough to know, you know, really what Kanowitz is really looking for. So, so in terms of slotting itself in the first ten picks, I'm guessing that's where they're going to have to try and find their money is those first ten picks because the, the the pick value drops dramatically once you get past ten. Um, looking at the pick value for them, in terms of the bottom one being. 144,000. That's Chad Sykes. We'll get to him in a minute, and then moving up to where he is at. 637 how do they strategize to find that kind of money that he needs yeah you know you look at you look at the fifth rounder garrett stalling um he's a right-handed pitcher from tennessee definitely a guy that you can go under slot with there um you know zach peak is another guy davis daniel and uh, zach lingenfelter um those those four guys right there are definitely guys that i could see them trying to push under slot or maybe not even signing him um, or, you know, trying to sign him, but maybe not giving them what they're looking exactly for uh, because they are probably going to have to pay uh, Bronovich what he deserves or maybe a little bit over because he's, you know, one of those guys who's uh, who I like. And, um, you know, same thing with uh, Sykes. Actually, Sykes might be in a, uh, an under slot as well. They might, you know, so, but definitely, you know, they do have some room to mess with here. I think, Rivera, who's their fourth rounder, is going to end up maybe being right at the slot or slightly over the slot as well. So, so basically, what we're seeing in the trend is the Angels basically like the first our first pick. Will Wilson, they went and took a guy that they like, like a guy that can climb through the system quickly. Okay, and he'll be right around slot or maybe even according to you, a little bit under slot, right? Yep. Okay, so. The next guy, Kyron Paris, if they can get him, or, or Jack Kanowitz here, they're going to be, Kyron Paris, you think, will be under slot or over slot? 
He's going to be either be right at slot or maybe slightly over slot. Okay. So then you have Jack Kanowitz, you believe, will be over slot. Yeah, definitely. I, I do believe that Kanowitz. I, I had Kanowitz uh, going to the Angels in the third round, but um, you know, it, it was one of those things where he could definitely fall into the second round or even as a you know a high first round like a compensation first round under slot type of guy but i definitely think he deserved would probably have gotten second round money so so whoa, 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 hold on a minute hold on a minute second mm-hmm. round money is like a 1.31 million if you're going by kyron paris's number it, late second round money okay so bring it down a little bit so, and you yeah. and you had jack going to the angels in your in your mock I, I I had them yes I, I did I had them going looking at you know he was one of the guys that I liked that I thought that the Angels would take a chance with in the third round so he he's right in that area for me okay so the trend I'm seeing here is Stallings college peak college Davis Daniel college Leinfelter college Bernwitt Bernovich college Chad Sykes college am i reading that right yes all college guys there okay so and um it's looking to me like those are the kind of guys that the college guys who would not would be more of a they don't have a lot they don't have the choices like the prep guys have choices to go to college or not these guys don't have so you can kind of under cut them a little bit Am am i reading this right correct definitely you could um I believe that some of them are juniors, though, so they do have that option to go back. Uh, I do believe, though, that Stalling was a senior, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I'm looking at them as all all miss fourth year juniors. Okay, yeah, no, the, if they're all fourth year juniors, which I I thought I, I I thought some of them were, maybe there was maybe it was uh, day three that they went with a lot of juniors. Names are all clashing with me right now after doing three days, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, 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 you know, if they're if they're all seniors, then uh, yeah, you can definitely, you know. Not to rip them off, but you could definitely attempt to underslot them because, I mean, they don't necessarily have a, a great choice. You know, you I mean you could go hit the free agent market, and you're probably not getting the money that you you probably would have gotten if you signed as a free agent or as as a signee. So I guess when I'm looking at this, then for Stallings, Peak, Davis, Brinovich, and, and Lingenfelter, and Sykes, right? Sykes is a four. This is a four year five S. I'm not sure what five S means. For for these guys, they can choose to go back to school and basically one more year try again, and you never know what happens in that one year, which can hurt or help their draft status. Or in the case of a high schooler like Ikanovich, um, he can go back. He he can develop in college, basically, and bank on it unless he really messes things up. Get, becoming a much higher draft pick later on and getting more money or going to a team that wants them. Yeah, you know, definitely. You know, that, uh, you, you bring up a great point there too with, you know, taking the chance. You know, there's been guys that, you know, take the chance at, and, and don't sign, you know, in the, in the first, second, third, I mean, wherever you get picked and you go and, you know, you're, you're risking injury. You know, it's, it's, not a, it's not an easy thing to do to get drafted, especially as high as, you know, what Kanowitz did and, uh, where Paris is, it's it's not it's not a guarantee you're going to go there again. So you know they're going to they're going to be weighing their options, and same thing with Rivera. You know they'll all be weighing their options to see, you know what they think will best suit them, and you 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 best bet that they all have you know 
uh, Paris is going to Cal. Kanowitz is, I think you believe, I believe you said Virginia. And then I, I haven't heard too much about Rivera. Um, but, but yeah, you know, it's, it's definitely a risk going, going to college and, you know, with, especially with pitchers and arm injuries nowadays, you know, you, you may not go this high again. So yeah, they'll definitely be weighing their options and it's, you know, it, it's definitely a tough time and definitely don't expect any of them to really sign right away, you know, either. It, it may be a little bit of a time process before we, we see some of these guys really sign. Why is that? Uh, you know, they're going to be trying to get the most money out of, you know, the Angels, you know, especially Kanowitz and Paris you know, having the college uh, commitments, you know, squeezing, you know, every little bit out of it. Or, you know, they might be happy with what, what the Angels offer them and they could take it right away, but it's going to be, I, I don't think we see some of these call, high school guys sign right away. College guys, you know, I, I had a guy, I had a, one of my buddies get get drafted today, and he said, you know, he's headed he's headed to Arizona this weekend because he already knows he's signing. So, <laughs> it's it's just one of those things where, you know, a lot of times high school guys they kind of they take their time and you know try to figure out what's what's best for them if they want to go to college or if they want to you know start a future career and take take the money. So. Well, Eric Rivera, by the way, you mentioned him. He's going to Florida International. That's where he's committed right now. What can you tell us about him? You know, it's an interesting player, um, two-way guy. They had him as a left-handed pitcher um, and an outfielder, um, 6'2", 195. Uh, so, you know, a little bit of growing left to do. As a, as a pitcher, he sits 86 to 91 with a with a curveball, you know, that definitely has a little bit of work to do. Um but as a hitter, you know, I, a very loud bat makes a lot of contact and has, you know, some crazy raw power from the left side. So, um, you know, definitely something, you know, definitely something interesting and something like the Angels really liked out of him. Um, exit velocity was a big thing with him. That's that's what I was kind of reading up on. And a lot of a lot of stuff had him with the big exit velocity. So, so Garrett Stallings is a fifth rounder from Tennessee. He um, he actually acknowledged us on Twitter a little bit earlier. He liked our comment to him, so hopefully we can get him on our show. <laughs> what can you tell us about him? Stalling, uh, like I said, he came from Tennessee, righty. Um, sits 88 to 91, kind of a little bit more of a finesse guy uh, at the major league level. Will touch 93 at times. Uh, has a really good changeup, uh, you know, a curveball that can he, he can improve on, and a slider that you know sometimes acts like a cutter depending on how he really. Um, wants to throw it which is uh which is pretty cool he's very well polished so you know it's another guy that as a fifth rounder we could see him you know if he you know does pretty well and the angels like him we could see him move up the system pretty quickly um i heard him as you know maybe a four to five starter at the big league level um so you know it should be a that's a nice little pick but you never know either canning was he was seen as a number four and he didn't develop into number four he's probably he might. I guess you can call Canning the best pitcher of the Angels staff right now. So you never. Yeah, you know that's that, that's the fun thing about it. You know, you, you, some of these guys. You know, Joe Adele was. I mean, he was somebody that fell. In my opinion, I thought he could have gone a lot higher in the draft, but uh, you know, he's turned into one of the top prospects in baseball, and he was the tenth overall pick. Or, I mean, a perfect example: Mike Trout was the twenty fifth overall pick, and you know how many teams passed up on him. And I don't think we really need to talk too much about him. <laughs> Very true. Zach Pick and Zach Peak, not Pick. Zach Peak in the sixth round from Winthrop. Uh, some interesting notes on him. What were your, what's your take? Yeah, you know, big strikeout guy. He led the led the lead, led the Big South Conference um, in strikeouts. He had ninety nine strikeouts in eighty nine innings. So it's a that's a big Billy Epler guy. He's taken a lot of guys that you know, and he said it before. You know, guys that can strike guys out are gonna 
you know, be, you know, the, his his type of guys. And you look at what the Angels bullpen is right now, and high octane, and you know, striking a lot of guys out. And so this he fits right in the right in the um, Billy Epler mold. Not that he's going to go to the bullpen, but uh, he's got a nice three picks pitch mix. You know, he'll sit in the low low to mid 90s has a good curveball um and a good changeup as well so another guy as a college guy if angels get him he uh could move through the system you know decently quick we'll, we'll see how polished he is though that's that'll be the would, big thing with him yeah i think it would depend a little bit on those control problems though yeah you know that was one of the things that you know, i i wrote down but he actually only had 24 walks i believe uh this year i know they said you know the control's an issue but he only had 24 walks in uh in 89 innings pitch so i don't know you know maybe he's getting deep into counts i haven't looked too much into him you know but uh yeah 24 walks it's not not too shabby jared how dare you not look into him there's only 1200 players drafted in this freaking thing <laughs> uh it's been a crazy three days i'm sorry guys i'm sorry <laughs> we're, we're probably getting you on the show you're bringing on fumes right now i'm sure daniel davis in the seventh round from auburn yeah yeah uh you know auburn you can't say you know much less about that school but um but yeah you know 89 to 93 on the fastball with some good arm side run um as a starter um as a reliever though he sits 94 to 97 with a little bit of a slurve and a changeup, which i i don't have a report on those pitches but you know um it, it's one of those things where you know we might see him out of the pen but he also um he had tommy john surgery this year so i don't think we'll see him um if he signs until next season so I would think he would sign. Be, I think I have to think he'd sign, just because what are you gonna? You, you're probably gonna miss most of next season, anyways. So sign. Yeah, definitely. You know that's 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 a good point. He, you know, more than likely will sign, but I, you can't call it count uh, count all your eggs before they hatch. You know, I'd I'd hate to say you know Davis Daniels gonna sign and. We come down to the end of the signing period, and somehow they, you know, they didn't get him. So I would, I would definitely think, given this stuff, though, it's probably a risk the Angels were willing to take concerning his arm, because I'm guessing if he's healthy, it probably goes higher in this draft. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, he's one of those guys that I, I believe at the beginning of the season he was looking at, you know, close to day one, you know, beginning of day two guy, not really a late day two guy, but you know, the Tommy John surgery definitely, definitely hurts him and. He definitely fits as a as a reliever, so I, I definitely hope the Angels sign him because it'd be an, a, a good story to see him come back. And also, I think he can you know be a good good prospect for the Angels. So the eighth pick of the draft, Kyle Brnovich from Elon University, uh, lefty righty. There, I'm seeing with him. What can you tell us about him? Yeah, I really really like him. Uh, as I was listening to the draft, uh, they they said that his knuckle curveball is one of the best pitches in this draft. So you know that if that doesn't fire you up about you know an eighth round pick i don't know what does but uh you know fastball fastball is not fantastic 88 to 91 will touch 94 at times um as a reliever so i don't i don't know where they that he really sits but you know the knuckle curve is the big big pitch for him as i said one of the best pitches in the draft and he also you know flirts around with a little bit of an average changeup. but uh you know strikeouts again was a big thing here he had 110 strikeouts in 86 innings um 42 walks though so Nothing crazy, but yeah, the big strikeout guy there, uh, Bronovich. Can you see him moving through the system fast, or given his lower velocity and fastballs compared to what we're used to with the Angel pitcher, he might take some time with him? Yeah, you know, it's definitely something that as you get into pro ball, I've seen some guys jump up in velocity, and 
uh, you know they'll be working on him. You know, they, the Angels signed a lot of driveline guys. I'm sure they'll get him into something like that if he's not already. And we, we'll probably see a little bit of a spike in velocity, you know, maybe sits 92 to 94, maybe something like that. I, you know, I don't want to guess, but, you know, I, I definitely think we'll see a little bit more of a spike in his fastball here as he joins the Angels. So Zach Lewin-Felcher's at number nine. He's already gone back. This is his third time being drafted. The Nationals drafted him last year, 19th, and the Yankees drafted him in the 16th round of the 2016 draft. Could he go back again, or could we see him actually sign this time? You know, it's it's definitely a possibility. I think, you know, he, he was a junior. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I think this might be the time that he goes um, – good fastball on him but uh but yeah i definitely think that this will probably be it for him though i mean that that'd be i don't think you know you can't say everybody gets drafted four times so uh, that, that'd be pretty interesting too to see him go back <laughs> all right the last guy yeah. here from the top 10 chad sykes from unc greensboro you mentioned him a little bit earlier what were your thoughts yeah you know sykes is probably one of those guys that you you looked at his stats and i was like you know, hey, this guy should should get drafted. He put up a .96 ERA. Um, and then the Angels also have a little bit of connection with uh, Greensboro. As I, it's, I believe they got Austin Warren from Greensboro um, last year, and he's working his way through the system. I believe he's in Inland Empire right now. But uh, back on Sykes, uh, great ERA, you know, .96 ERA. Uh, missed a lot of bats in 56 innings. He struck out um 68 and walk just 22 so that's another guy you know that epler the high strikeout guy and you know he fits right in the epler mobile already so the rest of the draft is there anybody in that draft in, that kind of stands out to you in terms of someone that may move to the you know system over time or won't they won't sign at all or so on and so forth yeah you know um they they got a guy um, I believe late uh, Spencer Jones in thirty first round. They're probably not going to sign him. He, they, he's a two way guy. I actually had him in my original report going to. They're thinking that he might go to the Angels around the third round, um, but he, he probably won't sign. Top prospect committed to Vanderbilt um, at a La Costa Canyon, down in I believe San Diego. So um, yeah, that's one of those guys. And they actually went three straight, um, three straight two-way guys which is pretty cool they went matthew woods andrew bash and then like i said spencer jones which is which is pretty cool so and then um also 27th round they picked uh, a good buddy of angels reliever keenan middleton um kenyan yo Vallon, i believe is how you say it a hard-throwing righty from oregon who is gonna be fun to watch him um they picked a lot of high upside guys i mean i could i could almost go through the whole thing and say you know they you know they they high upside all the way through <laughs> Well, it seems like high upside also me- basically means risk, guys. Like guys who also have a low floor. Is that the case of this draft class or not? Yeah, you know, I mean, you talk about a risk. They they took um, Kyle Molnar out of UCLA. He's had two Tommy John surgeries already. So, I mean, if there's fans listening, you probably just said, uh, he fits in the Angel system already. A lot of Tommy Johns. Uh, and, you know, you're right. He, he, he is, but out of high school, he was supposed to be a first rounder. So, you know, definitely a guy that, I would take a risk on in the 26th round and a guy that they'll more than likely sign too. So, and then one more guy down the road, they took him in the 37th round. I was talking to, um, somebody close to the angels and they really like, uh, Levi Usher. Um, I don't think they'll sign him, but, uh, definitely a guy that next year, keep an eye on, um, cause he might go in 
early first day into a second day type of guy. So def- definitely a guy that I, I really like and the Angels seem to really like as well. So he's going to go back to college, basically. Yeah, I forgot where he was committed to go play, um, but he, he he's a community college guy, and he uh, signed, I uh, could throw out a random Georgia or something like that, Georgia Tech, I think. So That's a bummer. Well, you yeah. know, I was, I was talking, well, yeah, we were talking a little bit with uh, Taylor Blake Ward over Locked on Angels a little bit on Twitter today, and he mentioned the, the whole reasoning behind why the Angels would take guys in this draft who they know like 99% of chance won't sign. Can you kind of explain that for our listeners, though, just so they get it from a different source? Why would a player get drafted by the Angels they know they won't get? Yeah, you know, it's uh, Taylor brought up a great point. Um, and you're, you see it every year on every single team. Um, you get to about the 35th round and you start seeing guys that, you know, um, like the Yankees drafted Jack Leiter, who was supposed to go in the first round. And, um, you know, they just want to make a good connection with the player to – um, you know, the, the later down the road when he becomes a first, second, third, fourth, you know, whatever round they want to take him in, they, they already have a good connection with him. And, you know, the, the players sometimes may feel a little bit more comfortable with them as well saying, you know, I mean, and a lot of times with the draft, they'll call the, they'll call a guy before they pick him and say, Hey, we're looking at you right now. Uh, you, what are the, do we, do you think we have a chance of signing you? at this slot and you know it, it, it's a it's sometimes a big chess game too you know so so let me make sure i understand this they're basically drafting them for a chance to talk to them why couldn't they talk to them without drafting them uh, it's it's you know it's just kind of one of those things where I, I don't know if there are any rules against it like a tampering or anything like that i'd really have to dig into that to see but uh but yeah, it's it's you know you look at a guy like Jack Leiter, and I can almost guarantee you that thirty teams have talked to him already. Um, where it, as the Yankees who picked him, you know, ha- they have now a special bond with him, and they he said, "Well, I got picked by the Yankees the first time." And it's not always the case where you know you look at a guy like Levi Usher, he he, he might not go back, you know, he might not get picked by the Angels, you know, they they might not see him the same as the same guy. So, um, but it's definitely something that it's a good way to. Um, build a connection and you know we it's a good way to see guys and how they develop down the road so well how often does it pan out to where a team drafts them to be able to talk to them and negotiate with them for a year basically and then a year later when the draft comes up again or a couple years later when it comes up again that same team drafts them again honestly i I don't see it being that common um altogether um I'm trying to think of somebody who who did do that. Uh, I, one of the guys who from two years ago that kind of, it was kind of reminded by, I believe his name's Hunter um, Melman, and I believe that he was drafted by the Angels um, out of high school, and he got drafted today in about the 20th round, I want to say, by the Nationals. So, you know, you, it doesn't always work out that way, and it, it, though it is, it's just a good way to, you know, kind of make a connection, and it's like, it's like being on LinkedIn type of thing, you know? <laughs> it's the best way to put it for me. <laughs> Your Facebook friend. <laughs> yes, the, exactly, exactly. So, All right, Jared, can you tell me where to find you? Well, I am on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims, and you can read my works on Diamond Digest. All right. Well, Jared, thanks so much for coming on. I'm sure we'll be talking to you again, hopefully sooner rather than later, but the farm system. Uh, take care, man. Awesome. It was great being on again. I love talking baseball. I'm I'm happy to come on whenever you guys need me. 
Awesome. Thanks, man. Take it easy. Have a good one. All right, John. Lots of information hey, there for us to go through. I'm probably going to need a night to try and uh, <laughs> kind of go through all the information about those top 10 players, about slotting and all the money involved and the strategies of late draft picking, players who you know you're not going to sign. It'll be a long couple days if you're an Angels fan trying to figure out how this all goes if you're new to it. If you are a veteran of these things, you know the games these teams play with each other the, you know, with the players going back and forth, and a lot of these players will probably not sign. A lot of them will probably go back to college or head to college, not go back, but head there. Yeah, that's 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 the what the well the no the Billy Bean that in the money ball he he was offered, but he actually and he actually took the money. But um yeah, it's it's I'm I this is a mystery to me, some of these lower these later picks. I mean, as the, the some of the, the top two I'd heard of, but the pitchers, you know, I think thank thank you, Jared Timms, for lightening enlightening us on some of this situation. So it's really neat because, like I mentioned earlier, the Major League Baseball draft is so different than the NFL draft, the NHL draft. It's It has its own salary cap. It has its own kind of slotting. And a lot of these players have more options than normal. Some of these players are going to choose it. When I, when I say all, a lot of players are going to go back to college or go to college, that's across baseball. So I have no idea how many players the Angels will sign out of this class, but hopefully it pans out well for them. Yeah, it's interesting the way that they're picked, the the salary that they have to offer them. And um, I, I mean, I'm learning a lot. I'm really learning a lot because I knew nothing about the draft coming into this one. And I've been trying to I've been reading up on articles and uh, I find it very fascinating. The uh, which is why, again, I'm, 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 I'm hesitant to be critical of anything that they've done because. I'm still still learning on this draft thing. Thanks, and I look forward to the other interview too to learn more about these players that, that we picked. All right, so you kind of you kind of sound disappointed there. You're like these players. That no, we- no, I was trying to I was trying to spit it out. I just go like I'm it's, stuttering too much. I already you know I listen it, to myself. It's been that kind of night, hasn't it? Yeah, but you know I listen to my podcast and I think you know the golden rule that. That we talked about when I took on when I when I decided to take this undertaking was to not do uh 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 and now every time I hear me do one it cuts like a knife so I think that's why I just bailed on that thought I'm like that we picked but no I I'm not, I, don't, I don't have any I don't have any excitement or opinions on these uh, with um time we'll figure out like I said we'll get the other interview and really start studying up on these guys and I, I you know I trust the process that's what I all we can do is trust the process we can blame we can yet yeah, we can blame Epler we can blame Artie but you know what they're here and we did if, if we either trust the process or we you know what then it's over then we just throw in the flag and uh, you know drive down to Dodger Stadium or drive up to Drive up to just, Dodger State. I was get that confused. Just stop, my God! Oh, please! There's no way I'm going to drama queen. I was invited to the I was invited to the Dodger Angel game with several friends, and I don't like going to Dodger. It's at Angel Stadium. I thought it was at Dodger Stadium. There's no way I was going on uh, Dodger. You need to go to that game. I'm going to go the one in eight. I'm going to go the one in Anaheim. Yes, that's the game we're all going to go to. I am going to go to that game. I absolutely am. Yeah. They right, lost today, by the way. Hey, everybody, Dodgers lost today. Oh, good. <laughs> Okay, so My it's time for us to go here. I want you to peach. You just are 
giddy tonight. Okay. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Talking Halos and search for our page on Facebook, Facebook.com forward slash, I believe it's Talking Halos. If not, look it up. We're there. You can find me on Twitter at DC Apollo, John Crane at Jags Crane John. Don't forget us on Spreaker. We're on iTunes, which is about to be the renamed Apple Music, I think. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're pretty much everywhere. So, with all that said, for John and the entire team here, it's Derek C. Paul saying, take it easy, and we'll talk to you with, I believe, we have a special Friday edition podcast. It's just an interview with Bill Shaker from the, well, from the Los Angeles Times about our stadium situation. That's just Friday, and we'll be back this Sunday to go back over the last few games and preview the Dodger series. Have a great one, folks. Take it easy. We're out of here. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.